I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not? Kingdom Hearts recap podcast. Uh, fuck. Hold on. I thought I was reading the right one and I wasn't. Welcome it's... to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that's our new. Uh, that's our new opening. It's it's a, it's a classic recap podcast. Fuck. <laughs> one well, of those shows. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a new genre, really. <laughs> uh, welcome to Got It Memorized, Kingdom Hearts recap podcast. Trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts three comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by Wheels. How are you, Wheels? I'm great, although in watching these first few worlds in Kingdom Hearts, I'm remembering that all of the bad worlds are right up there at the front. Right up front. It's just... Uh, and I mean, I, and that's why we like Kingdom Hearts, is because it leaves a good ending. <laughs> like, you just gotta stick with it. Yeah, it's... It's always a tough game for me to get other folks into who I know will like it because it's like, all right, well, play through. I mean, play through this probably too long tutorial world, um, and Traverse Town's kind of fun. Um, but then venture through the nonsense puzzles that are uh, uh, Wonderland, and then navigate a very confusing map in Deep Jungle, and then yeah. Eventually, it'll be fun. I promise. It gets fun right around Kingdom Hearts two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're just gonna try and swing through some of these worlds in this episode. Um, based our, we were deciding on doing the order, uh, like with battle level, and then basically that perfectly lined up with what the PS4 theater mode showed me. So. Um, up top is Wonderland, unfortunately. You so you saw everything. You watched the entire playthrough. Mm-hmm. So you probably have a better starting point than I do. I mean, it doesn't start anywhere sensibly. They kind of just drift down into the world. I mean, like, well, we didn't mention that they hop in the gummy ship and they go for a ride. Um, oh yeah, that is a thing that happens between worlds. The gummy you- ship. Is fun. I always like the gummy the gummy ship mini games. Um, really, especially in Kingdom Hearts two. But in Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. one, I even liked it. Two, um, I like better. Um, I just I don't know. It's it's fun, but I I just wish it wasn't like so long and like required. Yeah. Early. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I feel you. On, I feel you on that. I feel like it's a decent mini game, but sometimes it's annoying that you have to do it. Our heroes. I don't know what to. What do you call? Like the <laughs> Trey Horny the, Boys, <laughs> yeah the <laughs> the Joke Squad, the the Goof Troop. It's know. it's Goof Troop. Um, it's got to be Goof Troop. So the Goof Troop float on down into a room, and they see the rabbits say like, "Oh no, I'm going to be late." 
and he runs, and they go chasing him because I I, I don't know, like they like shiny things, like yeah, yeah. Um, I I noticed that like early on Kingdom Hearts, the worlds are really just I don't even want to say set pieces because that gives it more credit than it's due. Um, so much as like it's literally just the visuals that I think were really focused on early on. Um, yeah, like the yeah. like the world design itself is. Like we already said, like pretty weak, um, especially in these first year worlds. Uh, like Coliseum, even is it's just visuals and then um, like wave mini game of the the games. But I um, think the Coliseum, the Coliseum is a fun world just because it has a different feel. But like with mm-hmm. with Wonderland, I think the where I think what you're saying is, and I agree, is like. I always think of Kingdom Hearts as being a game where you go to the world and you essentially play the movie that the world is the setting of. And that's actually kind of not always the case, especially in the first game. As you mentioned, sometimes it's just because they need to shoehorn in stuff about Heartless. It just ends up being like, kill some heartless in a place that looks like Alice in Wonderland. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the case with Definitely this world. Alice. Definitely so, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, so the goof troop um, walk into the, is it the dining room? Is that what that room's called? And uh, uh bizarre room, I guess, as far as the game. Oh, okay. The rabbit is seen now very tiny and goes through the, that well, I guess if you haven't seen Alice in Wonderland, there's a doorknob that talks, um, and the rabbit goes through that door, and uh, Goof Troop walks up and Sora says, "Well, how'd he get so small?" And then the the door is like, "You woke me up. You're not. He's not so small. You're just too big." And then they're like. Oh, wow, a talking door? Because we haven't seen anything strange yet in this entire adventure. <laughs> this is... It's not like I'm hanging out with a duck. <laughs> a talking door, that is the last straw. It's its definitely, like, you know, everything else we can believe except for that. So Yeah. Uh, and then... He, the he being the doorknob, uh, recommends that they try the bottle. And for me, that just came off as kind of strange phrasing because I don't ever hear anyone refer to anything as the bottle unless they're referencing like alcohol, like hitting the bottle or whatever uh, yeah. as a euphemism for that. So it it kind of does sound like the doorknob is encouraging this child um, to drink an alcoholic. I mean, beverage. if but you that's... drink enough, you might think you're really small. <laughs> so that might. I mean, let's not get into what Alice in Wonderland may or may not be about, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So they they drink the good good juice, and they do in fact uh, shrink, and then then they just can't wake up the fucking doorknob, and they go through this other door instead. Well, once they shrink, they are heartless, which is that, notable. okay. Yeah, and then you realize that it's still Kingdom Hearts. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think the next room is just the, like, weird courtroom thing. 
Yeah, the sort and, of hedge throne room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Alice is on trial for straight up trying to take the queen's heart, I guess. Yeah, that's what she says, uh, for assault and attempts on attempts to steal the queen's heart. And um, good old goof, goof Troop boys uh, already clearly know that's probably not something she did. So they try and prove her innocence for some reason, even though that, like, I, I realized in that scene that the whole spiel that Donald and Goofy give of not to meddle in the world, like, that's literally all they do. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because um, Sora, I think it's Sora who says, oh, we have to prove her innocent because, you know, Sora cares about people or whatever. And, uh, you know, and then Goofy says, but wouldn't that be muddling? That's against the rules. And then Donald says, muddling, corrects his uh, pronunciation. But yeah, and I, and that's another thing where, as you mentioned, all they ever do is meddle. Um but I think it's like I can I can get give a justification for that sort of discrepancy in what they say and and how they act throughout the game. At this point in the game, yeah, it's kind of like good intent meddling. Well, at least. well, what I guess what I'm saying is like at this point in the game, Donald and Goofy are really just looking for. I mean, as they are through most of the game, but here they are really just solely focused on finding the king. They're focused on finding Mickey and like they haven't really broken any rules yet. Like sure. This is Mm -hmm. the first instance where a rule comes up and they happen to break it, but compare it to as we're going to get to with deep jungle where like, you know, they just sort of kind of fall into that circumstances by nature of their crash landing. Like, you know, they crash land into deep jungle, which sort of forces them to meddle. They're sort of forced to intervene here to prevent an innocent person from, being killed uh, and then coliseum isn't really meddling meddling as much as it is just participating in what's going on you know yeah. like so it's almost like this is where they they uh, you could argue that this is sort of where they turn from just being you know you're like uh uatu's the watcher um to active participants in every world they go mm. so uh, they do establish, interestingly enough, that Alice isn't, quote-unquote, of this world, um, similar to Sora, which is interesting to me. Um, yeah. Because it just makes me question a lot about the rules of uh, the worlds in Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah, is she just from England, then? Yeah, just regular-ass world. Um, also, if it's... <laughs> Earth. Yeah, Earth, which already gives me questions because Deep Jungle, uh, Neverland, uh, you go to Big Ben, um, or a Clock yeah. Tower. I don't, I don't think it's specifically. Uh, and then there's probably another one. I mean, I guess you could swing Agrabah if you wanted to. Um, yeah, there's there's weird cosmology here. Definitely, it almost. It almost, it, it would be, they never like go in this direction, but it's interesting. It would be an interesting interpretation of the story to, to say that the worlds aren't necessarily planets as they're depicted, but mm-hmm. like, it's Sections. almost like stories or something like, yeah, that, just... that like don't intersect otherwise, which like isn't really supported by the text at all, but it would no. be an interesting fan theory that like 
some of these might take place in the same mm. quote would, what we would consider world that but would it, it's not me, supported in the text that would give me less strife about that nobody can leave other world um yeah because i always thought that kingdom hearts would be a bit cooler if people could move a bit more freely um like uh riku from like final fantasy 10 having a conversation with like aladdin or some shit about like uh both being like quote unquote thieves or shit um weird things or like that or riku from final fantasy 10 having a conversation with, with riku. riku from final fantasy and saying hey isn't it weird that we both have the same name yeah or except if one has an extra k there's only one sid as far as i know in kingdom hearts but what if yeah. there was more and they all just hung out <laughs> we are the council of sid <laughs> that would be we decree that everyone will have an airship. Yes, that's what I want True Organization 13 to be. Uh, <laughs> really. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I, I, you know, I completely forgot what I was talking about before I made yeah, this. Yeah, so we were, talking about, we were talking about the courtroom scene. So yes. Alice <laughs> is charged with uh, heart theft. Well, attempted, and goof- attempted heart theft. Uh, yeah, right. And Goof Troop know that that isn't going to be the that can't be the case because like that's a thing heartless not people do. Um, so they go looking for evidence. They meet up with the Cheshire Cat, who is like very strange. I mean, this Cheshire Cat is a strange character just generally in the original text, but is very strangely portrayed here as like yeah. somehow connected to the heartless, but also maybe just. Not a very weird portrayal, but gives yeah. clues and hints to Sora. Just vaguely where... seems to know more than they should, which, again, I think is more character writing based on source material than actual context that would make sense um, yeah. within Kingdom Hearts, which I think these worlds and just this first game tends to slip on that a bit more. So Yeah. I, I just take everything with a grain of salt. Especially, like, going through translations, so. Yeah. Um, the next, well, there's, oh, by the way, r- thinking of translations, uh, I need to remember to bring up that in the Coliseum, because there's a part where it was clearly something different in the original Japanese. Okay. Um, uh, so, after that, we're, we're walking through the sort of, like, mushroom forest place um which is is the part of wonderland that i think is the most tedious like finding all of these clues Mm. um spinning around on weird tree stumps um but in terms of the story i guess you can kind of cut to uh cut straight to okay we found all the evidence and and we're back right like because you know we're not this podcast not aiming to talk about you know each each room and you know what that enemy Mm -hmm. was tough like i think in terms of story we can cut ahead right yeah absolutely um my notes are super sparse for wonderland um because for the most part it's basically just uh she's not from the world she's charged guilty even though it was the heartless and then after you find all the evidences it doesn't matter um she's just gone so yeah, that's yeah, that's re- yeah. So there is a thing I want to mention before we just are done. But yeah. 
a few things rather. Uh, so as you mentioned, Sora returns with the evidence and finds a fairly unfair method of determining innocence or guilt in this world. Um, and regardless yeah. of whether innocence or, or guilt is found, um, Sora and well, goof troop gets attacked by the queen's minions, which I hadn't thought about it until now, but the card people, the, the sort of Royal guard who are made out of playing cards or are playing cards rather mm-hmm. they're just like the denizens of this world right like they're yeah. people and he's just beating them up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i had never realized that he that he's just not killing because it's very clear that they you know sort of faint and get back up but he is just brutalizing countless people and like in this world not heartless yeah i mean really it's self-defense but at the same time this is like if they weren't meddling now they're now they're meddling yeah (laughs) for damn sure um and then after the hullabaloo the the ruckus dies down we find that alice has been kidnapped um and this this is the point at which like it's clear that in this first game, Kingdom Hearts hasn't really figured out its storytelling, how to tell a great story within each world yet. Like, um, similar to a lot of episodic media, uh, media where there's an overarching story, uh, but your average um, entry into it is just going to be mostly a self-contained thing, as is the case in Kingdom Hearts, where most of the time you're playing, you're just playing through the sort of episodic story of the world. Um, and then in between worlds or during sort of special worlds that relate specific to specifically to the overarching story, you get more about that. And it's a tough needle to thread to make a satisfying story with uh, that's just on its own and yet have it still have impacts on the overarching one. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is a leg up because the story's already written for them. Their challenge is just to make it fit with their uh, overall plot line. But it doesn't work super well here because Alice is kidnapped and then you go looking for her for the what is basically the majority of Wonderland is you looking for her. Um and then you fight a boss and then you seal the keyhole which we can talk about more later but then the cheshire cat appears and just says oh by the way alice isn't here <laughs> and it's not great storytelling to include this bit where they're just pointlessly killing some heartless to just find out oh we could have left like four hours of gameplay ago not actually that long but yeah it's it's messy um and it's the first world so it's almost like it's not too much of a big deal but at the same time it's a big deal um because it's like it's early on it's not like an important world at the same time why is it there then uh, yeah. the reason being is that they do end up confirming and sort of leading this on as, oh, she was a princess of heart. 
super yeah. important to the story, even though we never, like, she never really comes up again. Like she I only think has, she even has only like a few lines in this entire the world franchise. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's so it's it's an interesting way to sort of hook you into this plot line, this through line. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. You should have just like done like Aladdin first or something, which is basically the first good world, uh, arguably. Unless I, I well, Coliseum is weird at first, but. Right. Um, so yeah, or I always thought like weird. Alice is a princess, but like at the same thing, like why not make Jane a princess in Deep Jungle if you're just gonna make every female character in Disney a princess? <laughs> uh, so it's it's weird. Also, like Mulan in the second game not being so interesting, but. The the Disney Princess lineup doesn't necessarily line up with the Princess of Heart lineup, which has always been weird. Right. Weird to me. Uh yeah, but then we sort of get introduced to this keyhole ceiling mechanic as well. Um it's a lot of things that they were like, Well, we have to introduce this early, sort of string together by irrelevant heartless whacking. So I've always been, and this might show some of my ignorance, I've been always been a little confused as to what the action of sealing the keyhole... Act, it seals the the gateway to the heart of the world so that the yeah. heartless like, can't take the world's heart, right? Yeah, roughly, yeah, because the goal is for the worlds to not be connected, in this game at least, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a protective sort of thing. But <laughs> the heartless are like already there, so if it's to like, yeah, because that's why that's what what's always confused yeah. me is because like I when think I first it interpret- makes it. I, I think it keeps it from the world blinking out entirely. Like it can have uh, heartless there, um, because you haven't stopped the heartless from existing. But at the same time, it doesn't. You make it so the world doesn't completely blip off the map. I think. And, and I guess you could say that the heartless that are there are the ones that are naturally occurring there, because it's, you know, the whole this series implies that you get more heartless when there's like more like negativity around. I yeah. mean, that's that's like very heavily implied by. Mm-hmm. Um, deep jungle specifically um which is a little confusing because like each heartless is also supposed to be like a person's unless they're you know one of the emblem heartless they're like a person's uh darkness mm-hmm. in their heart so it's confusing as to where all these people are coming from but yeah um i mean but i guess it's, you could say that like again if it's the like world the first game com- oh god i was gonna say again it's like this with that first game syndrome of they hadn't quite figured out that yet um yeah but i'm I'm just trying to see before we just go to that conclusion. I'm just trying to see if if, if you can string something together. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be that like because there's because everybody has darkness in their heart anywhere. Like heartless can pop up even if they're not, you know, flying in from another world. Mm-hmm. Um negativity in the world generally is going to cause more heartless cuz it's going to cause more people to turn to the uh, like succumb to the darkness in their heart, I guess. Um, yeah. And I guess sealing the keyhole would just prevent a sort of 
heartless invasion, I suppose. But it's yeah. like, I mean, at the end of this game, it's it's an idea. Ansem like th- thinks he's like successful in collecting. I don't know. It's whatever. Where do we start with the Colosseum? Because I mean, it's, I guess it's Phil. Mm-hmm. Goof Troop walks in, and Phil thinks for some reason that they collectively are Hercules. I mean, I realize he's you know he's not looking at them. He's not looking. And, all right, so he notices that someone's there and just sort of reflexively is like, oh, hey, um, do this thing for me real quick. Uh, but what gets me is that he hears Sora's voice and that doesn't tip him right. off. Like, he turns around and then he has to see Sora to realize it's not Hercules. You, you know, Hercules' voice, very high and childlike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Hercules sounds like. <laughs> Hercules sounds like a small, small boy. Yep. Everybody knows this. It's completely understandable that he would get it confused. Yeah, so that's weird. He talks about the games, and it's really good. And I want to say he just turns him away, or does some training first and then turns him away. Yeah, tries to turn him away, but and, and says, like, oh, you can't join if you're not heroes. And and Sora's like, we are heroes! At this point, he has one world under his belt, and he yeah. didn't Maybe even none. save Alice. <laughs> Maybe none, right? Like, Maybe, he could have yeah. just gone here. You can go here first. Um, so that's weird. So, so then Phil offers to train them, basically just Sora, though, because he's doing the barrel test thing. To be fair... To be fair, technically Donald and Goofy do not really need to train as much um, because we do know they've been doing stuff a little bit longer. But. It's true. And yet, they still don't know how to heal you. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre to me. But yeah, that early part of the game where you're just like loading everyone up with potions is so obnoxious. Yep. On top of the inventory system and... Kingdom Hearts 1 being pretty rudimentary. Yeah, so they can't do the games, and then they try to leave, and Hades shows up and is like, uh, poof, bada-bing, bada-bang, go uh, beat up. That's an incredible people. Hades impression. Yeah, it's it's so, it's like uncanny valley of what Hades is supposed to sound like, where I'm like, I get the vibe, but like, it's just, mm, meh. Hands Sora a ticket or pass or something, an entry into the tournament. Yeah. So Sora joins the tournament and fights a lot of Heartless. (laughs) Phil doesn't think it's weird that he walked outside and walked back in like, oh, hey, now it's okay, right? I have this. Uh, So Sora fights a lot of Heartless. The notable thing is um, we see Cloud, the uh, protagonist from... Final Fantasy Seven. What is his current design from? Because I like it, but I'd have no idea. Because it, it, it's not what he looks like in the game. Uh, it's not the Advent Children outfit. My guess would be that it's meant to be something uh, unique because he's like affected by darkness in this game in a way that he w- 
wasn't in well i don't remember final fantasy 7 that well but he explicitly says like i tried to follow the darkness or whatever later on in this world so i'm guessing it's supposed to just be like they made a specifically edgy costume for yeah. him but i could be wrong that's likely it um because i don't know what else it's from and that's a good theory but i think i prefer the one that my four month old is yelling out right now um, that, yeah <laughs> uh yeah so we see him in passing and it's pretty pretty badass to see cloud um because you know we have to get back into the mindset of we were playing this 10 years ago um did you this brings i forgot to ask you this before when we were recording those earlier episodes when you started playing kingdom hearts did you know it was a dis i mean i I, I'm sure you knew it was a Disney game, but did you know it was also a Final Fantasy crossover? Yes, um, and that's because really I was introduced to it by someone who knew what it was. Um, uh. I, like It was a friend of my older brother who was like, oh, you got to play this game, it's so cool. And I had some Final Fantasy knowledge, and obviously, I mean, being a, a child, I had seen a, a couple Disney films. Um, yeah. So it... Uh, I, I went into it with enough knowledge where it wasn't, like, bizarre to me. I was just like, okay, that's a crossover, I guess. Um, I I didn't know that at all, so I, I, so, I just So why a... did you... So you picked up this game thinking, oh, it's, like, this weird anime <laughs> Disney thing? Because the, well, the cover art would have, like, Sora, Riku, and Kairi, and then Donald, right. Duck, Donald, Donald and Duck and Goofy... <laughs> and mickey i think and i think i think i rented it first because i think cloud features on the back of the disc on the, on the back of the case rather um and so i think i rented it before i bought it um and i played through the to, i played through destiny islands and it was like whoa these are final fantasy characters i know these from the other game that they're in yeah um and I thought at first it was just going to be like, oh, you know, I, I, I mean, I got it because I played it because I liked Final Fantasy. So I liked Square Enix, but I wasn't like that informed of a video gamer at that age. Yeah. So I just thought saw Square Enix and thought it looked interesting that Square Enix was making a Disney game. So I rented it. Uh, I probably saw like a positive rating from Electronic Gaming Monthly. <laughs> um and I thought, like, oh, it's it's just, like, that's cool. They put Final Fantasy characters in for the tutorial. And then I got to Traverse Town, and I was like, oh, they're still here. <laughs> and then I thought, well, like, well, they'll definitely be gone by the time, like, the real Disney shit lands. And then here we are in Hercules, and who's that? Yup, it's Cloud Strife with the Buster it's, Sword. It's your boy Cloud Strife with the Buster Sword in the games. Uh, and it's... In in Hercules specifically. In the Hercules world. And it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. I like that the Final Fantasy characters can move between worlds. Even Is there a reason for that? Is that just because they were shot out of Radiant Garden? Is there a canon reason for that? I mean, that's my hypothetical guess. Because that, that, I mean, I could pretend that makes sense. Um, that if you don't have like a strict world, you can move between them. Um, but yeah. also really, it just seems like, it just seems like, uh, anybody can do it if they have the means, especially in two. I, it, yeah. it's, it's weird. There's probably like a contractual reason from Disney 
why the Disney characters don't move between worlds. If if I yeah, had to like yeah. real world guess, um, but whatever. <laughs> There's not too much here in Coliseum. Bef- like, well, I mean, there eventually is, but basically, all that happens here is Sora fights a bunch of Heartless, then fights Cloud. Then Cerberus comes, uh, and that's not good. Yeah, it, well, it's worth, worth mentioning that there is a cutscene where you do see Hades and Cloud collaborate. Yeah. Um, Hades being like, hey, we have a deal that you're uh, going to beat up Hercules, but now you're going to beat up the small boy for me. And then Cloud loses to the small boy and uh, <laughs> progresses through, and Hades is like, well, I'll just send my giant demon uh, dog after them. Which, again, the small boy takes care of, but they, they do make a joke later on that Hercules weakened him. Because Hercules Hercules comes in and saves Cloud Strife. <laughs> who has been previously beaten by the small boy, aided by Donald Duck and Goofy. It's t- it's difficult to punch up the joke Hercules, Hercules <laughs> came by and saved Cloud Strife because it's already just such a baffling sentence if you didn't know what this was, what Kingdom Hearts yeah. was. So it's very difficult to punch up that as a joke. <laughs> but it happens. Um, and yeah, and then you beat Cerberus and then Sora and company are named uh, by Hercules and Phil. Junior heroes, junior heroes. As Donald, uh, that was protests. That was you're getting closer to the Donald Duck impression. It's gonna take the entire run of this podcast for me to get anywhere. That's, close. that's our real goal here. Is it's I'm gonna have to like put like jelly in my mouth <laughs> if I'm gonna really do it. I'm gonna need to every time we record. I'm gonna be like. Uh, yeah, honey, can you can you grab the yogurt? I'm about to record. I'm about to record. Got it memorized. Can you grab just the tub of Greek yogurt? <laughs> oh, that's not healthy. We we should not take that route. But that's really all there is for Colosseum at this point. Um, we kind of glossed over all of Hercules because he doesn't do anything. He just kind of swings in. Uh, for the Cerberus. Uh, well, actually, I guess we do see at the very end we do see Hades and Maleficent talk. Um, yeah, Maleficent basically just uh asking if he can actually handle it on his own. To which he uh says, "Yeah, can." Which this <laughs> is the point where where I wanted to mention that I think it maybe I'm wrong. But I would guess that the localization must have changed one of the lines for some reason. Because, as you mentioned, Maleficent is like, you got this under control? And then Hades is basically like, yeah, I got it. And then she says, okay, go about your business. And then leaves. But then Hades turns around like, grumble, grumble, grumble. And it's... It's such an overreaction for, all right, yeah, you, you do you, see ya. And then he, like, turns around like he's very angry. And I wonder what's in the original Japanese there, because it can't be this. Yeah, or I wonder if uh, the Maleficent voice actor just didn't really know the context and was like, all right, see ya. <laughs> Super, <Yeah. laughs> Super chill. 
so I guess we can swing into deep jungle. Um, which oh, I see what you did there. Oh yeah, you, you like that? Cause, like because of vines. Yeah. Uh, you mean yeah? It's like the worst part of the game. Um. Ah. <laughs> one second. You want to actually be on the podcast? <laughs> this is my baby's second podcast. Uh, he was on an episode of uh, uh, We Are, but um. So, on the way to, uh, on the way to Deep Jungle, there is a fight in the gummy ship, which I do want to mention is again in your place. You're mentioned named Monkey Butt. Yep, yep, it's called Monkey Butt. Yeah. Uh, very important detail. He he likes to be a part of the conversation. So when he hears me talking for extended periods of time, that's when he starts talking. Um, Understandable. <laughs> He's, he's. I can, I can, uh, I can cover the the most of it for this world yeah. uh, if that makes things better. Um, um, yeah. So tell me what happened. What what happens in in the monkey butt? Yeah. So deep within monkey butt, <laughs> deep within the recesses of monkey butt, uh, Donald and Sora getting a bit of an a, a tizzy, get get into a bit of an argument because they see deep jungle and Sora's like well another world I gotta look for my friends and Donald is like hell no we ain't we're not going to piece of garbage looking world like that because there's no way King Mickey would deign to step in such a backwater world I think that's the exact wording he uses is backwater um and as they fight over the controls, they end up crash landing on the world, uh, which causes Donald and Goofy uh, to be separated from Sora, who lands in a abandoned treehouse. What is that little spot there? Yeah, that's that's the treehouse. Um, and then he is attacked by is it Saber? Is that the name of the Sabor? Sabor. Sabor is the uh, whatever animal that is. Animal. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, not tiger, but like panther or something. It's Sabor. You know, Sabor. <laughs> Just call him by name. Uh, which is another instance, which is like two worlds in a row where Sora just like attacks. Yeah, like a living thing that lives on one of the worlds he goes to. Yeah, which is just a bad track record which, for our boy. Yeah, and it's it's bizarre because in the source material these are painted as the bad guys. So like, I see the through line, but as like like he's a kid, he went to a school. Uh, he knows that's like not a heartless or something. Um, right. So, but he's just like. Well, I guess I'm going to beat up this animal with my giant oversized key. Um, <laughs> so he does. And then uh, our, our good boy Tarzan sort of swings in, I guess. Yep. And, uh, well, because Sora basically does defeat Sabor, but then Sabor jumps up like was just playing dead, and then Tarzan swings in to save Sora. And... Tarzan struggles to communicate with Sora. Sora asks, um, hey, can you find my friends? And he's about to say, well, the loud one is Donald. But then he cuts himself off and was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I need to find my friends Riku and Kairi. 
Uh, and then Tarzan, uh, we later find out, is trying to say, your friends are in your heart. Your friends are here in your heart. But his word for heart is like, <laughs> so he that was like some sick beatboxing uh, you just laid down yeah thank you so sora thinks he's saying your friends are here and then just punctuating with some sick beatboxing <laughs> um so he's like well take me to my friend notably he does see sort of a ghostly specter of kairi uh for a brief moment uh and, and then who is uh, asks, ironically uh there in his heart Right, yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, um, and then Sora follows Tarzan, t- uh, to where Jane and whatever Badman's name uh, is, Clayton, Clayton Badman, Clayton, Clayton Badman. Uh, Clay- <laughs> we also do see Donald and Goofy wake up in the sort of uh opening in the the bamboo thicket i think yeah that old um, clearing i don't know what it's called yeah i was saying bamboo thicket and then i sort of visualized uh the mulan world in two and i was like wait am i confused but uh yeah they wake up and they meet i don't remember the tiny monkey name but oh i'm not gonna remember any of the monkey names yeah other than kerchak but uh kerchak is the big one right yeah um and I, I do just want to mention that Turk is another one. Actually, no, Turk is the one, the tiny one that I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tarzan says Tarzan go. Sora says Sora go go, and that is still one of my favorite moments in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Um, really? Because I would say it's like garbage. <laughs> I I like garbage. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, I guess you're on the right <laughs> podcast then. Yeah. Um. So, also, Don and Goofy run into Clayton, I think, early, and then they all sort of meet up at the tent, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah. Someone's doing a pretty bad Clayton impersonation who doesn't know how to pace dialogue because they do the gorillas really terribly. Um, yep. Which, I mean, I don't... Looking back, I haven't seen Tarzan in a while. I'm not sure if that line can be delivered well, but... Um, <laughs> So, uh, there's this weird sequence where you look at slides in a mm-hmm. presenter thing, which is uh, relevant, really. It's 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 relevant to like the the a scene in the movie. Um, one of the slides, notably, oh god, I was gonna say one of the slides is Hollow Bastion, which is interesting. Right, and Sora says, I feel like I know that place, or I feel like I've been there, which is strange, because I've never left Destiny Islands, which you can speculate is because Kyrie is from... Or I can't remember if it's Hollow Bastion or Radiant Garden that the slide is it, of. It's of a, it's of a I mean, hollow... The same thing, what's but. of the castle that I, I think um, would be in both, like both iterations. Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. Um as far as, like, the whole Kyrie being there thing. Doing this podcast makes me realize maybe there actually was a couple things they knew what they were doing in this game. Um, no, yep, and that that being one of them. Yeah, right? like, notably that with that sort of... That, because... that Kyrie yeah. um, through line, that plot line. Um, especially, like, with that weird scene in De- uh, Destiny Islands that it, we vaguely decided that's what it is happening. Um, and then just a minute ago, we were talking about that weird phantom vision of Kyrie 
while Tarzan was talking about yeah. that. Um, weird little things here and there that I'm actually picking up on like a hundred years later. <laughs> uh, but then ultimately, I don't know exactly the what happens, but they do end up going seeing the Go Real Lies. And they do a pretty interesting thing with that scene where you hear Tarzan's voice acting and then it sort of goes back to Sora and they're, or Goofy says, did you get any of that? And no, they, they didn't. Um, I like that they let the, like the viewer hear Tarzan without, while keeping it in canon that they don't right. understand. Um, right. Cause if they, if they didn't let you hear any Tarzan voice acting, I think it would have been really rough to do that conversation otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and then we go up to the tree house. Um, and then see see a badman do some bad things. Wait, which scene is this again? Uh, there's a scene in the treehouse where Clayton is trying to uh shoot a real gun. Oh at... right, yep. Shoot the uh, sh- is it Turk? Uh, that yeah, he's Turk. trying to shoot. Uh, and then he's like, I was sh- <laughs> trying to shoot a snake or whatever, and everyone's like, mm, some snake. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then that's not like a weird red flag, I guess. So they carry on. Uh. Um. Well, I mean, they they're mad at him, but they're not like as mad as they probably should have been. <laughs> right. Uh, and I I really don't know if there's anything in between that and the scene where it's implied that Clayton is sort of taken by Heartless. And sort of, like, causing... Because he's such, like, a badman, sort of causing more Heartless to be here than would normally yeah, be. Yeah, he's, he's, um... Weirdly, I think it's weird because the Heartless are both attracted to the purest hearts and the worst hearts. I think they're just attracted yeah. to hearts. And yeah. re- really, you have to be, like, pretty middle-of-the-road insignificant... They prefer hearts with a high uh, absolute value. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so that scene is vague and it happens. Um, uh, There really nothing happens until that fight then, right? Yeah, then then Clayton kidnaps Jane and Turk, right? Yeah, or I think, no, I think... Don't they go somewhere to like try and protect? I don't. That 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 little Hold segment on, is weird. I'm trying to refresh my memory because yeah, I know there's that fight up in the treetops with Jane and Turk there, in between. Yeah, but I'm not sure why they're there. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um so the like monkey heartless um, which are called power wilds, um, they try to like kidnap all the or gorilla nap all of the gorillas um so sora goes around and beats a whole bunch of heartless uh to save all the gorillas um and then they uh they find um that clayton's uh they find like clayton is like a super badman now yeah he's evolved Uh, into a mega badman. Yeah. Because he's like part heartless now. Um Yeah, there's I guess. Yeah, it's kinda weird um how they handle it because they don't straight up turn him into a heartless. They 
Tarzan does say something about not Clayton. Um, that is not Clayton. And then he is fighting alongside a boss heartless. Um, meanwhile, he, he, and we should say that, and we should say that like, he's able to kidnap, uh, Jane and Turk because Sora is otherwise goof troop are otherwise occupied because they're fighting Sabor. Again. Yes. Um, yeah, so that happens. He, he can control and summon the heartless and, um, and then in this fight, he, he controls the heartless and sends him and he has this big, uh, sneak chameleon, I think is his name. Boss. Stealth Sneak. Stealth Sneak, that's it. I keep thinking... I think I'm trying to like give it like a Mega Man-ass name. But, um... <laughs> uh, he's also shooting Sora with a real gun. Yep. So when you... Kingdom Hearts, everybody. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Uh, when you win, when, you, when, this, when this happens, uh, I guess the gorillas decide that they can trust Sora... And their sign of appreciation is to just sort of throw him. They just pick him up and just toss him <laughs> like, a, like a beautiful softball boy uh, up into the waterfalls. And um, it's and the keyhole is and, there. and the keyhole is there up in the waterfalls. And that's when they explain that concept we talked about with, oh, your friends are in your heart, which. In retrospect, I realize is like literally the theme of Tarzan and a song that Phil Collins sings for the movie Tarzan. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was. And fits very well into literal things that in are Kingdom happening Hearts. in the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So it's a nice sort of a confluence there. And it is worth noting that, um, that uh, Donald and Sora, um, they, they. They make up. Yeah. Um,. They 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 say they're sorry. Yeah, they they make up, and it's implied that Turk has a crush on Donald for some reason. Which that's kind of weird, huh? That's pretty weird. That's it for today's episode. <laughs> hey King, hey Kingdom Hearts, hey Kingdom Hearts, what are you doing? Oh man, um, yeah, there's a there's a couple more scenes. Um, that they tack on to the end of Deep Jungle. I don't remember the other scenes you're talking um, about. It might have been separated just because you're watching a playthrough, but yeah. with the theater mode it tacked it on. It's just another scene with the the bad guys like standing around the circle in, in oh, Hollow right, Bastion. Right. Yeah. Um, they do ex- sort of explain that concept that the Heartless were drawn to Clayton because he was a particular badman. Right. Um, they focus in on the Heartless logo in that room, which I think is supposed to tie in with uh, Sora seeing that castle slide with the logo on it. Um, oh, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, I'm surprised I did because I was, like, asleep watching these. Uh, <laughs> and then um, uh, Jafar sort of walks out of the darkness, which is good because it is the next Disney world we go to. It sort of brings him into our attention. He's actually kind of one of the bigger effective bad guys in, um, in his world. Uh, and then Maleficent also mentions that she has another plan brewing. And we do see Alice sort of show up in this room with them. Um, yeah, which we know that it's, that it's the princess of heart thing, but 
even like the fact that it's Alice is just such a like it's hard to sort of make a princess connection with it. Right. It, it, yeah. It's uh as we we already mentioned it's it's a strange stretch because that's not really who that character is. Um, but then again, it's it's hard to. It makes sense in retrospect, but if you were just watching this through, it would be difficult to piece together, I imagine, because you're like, okay, she has Al. Like, you wouldn't be able to. You might be able to piece it together if that, like, perhaps, like, if it was Jasmine, because that does happen. Yeah, and that sort of, I, yeah. I guess, is when you start to connect those dots. Um, but still, I don't know. I feel like if, <laughs> I want to say if Ag- Agrabah was just like the first world, the game would be like a smash hit in comparison. Totally. Al- yeah. Alternatively. Well, actually, no, I, this, this second half of the game is just a bit more solid. So I really don't think you'd lose anything because you could just put Monstro in that, that middle slot. And I think it would, yeah, that's, I guess that's all we have today we burned through quite a bit uh my i have been joe you can find me on twitter at uh ghost of joe just j-o um i have another podcast called we are watching one piece in which i talk about one piece um we actually just put a new episode up as of recording this which won't line up with when this goes up at all but um we're just getting into skypea um which is gonna be an interesting uh world for us to do um but that's all that's all i got and i'm wheels and i think last time i plugged arbitrary archive so this time i'm gonna plug very random encounters it's a show i do it's a tabletop rpg show i do where we use uh random number generators to um and just random like character generators and name generators and plot generators to um, play tabletop RPG games, or tabletop RPGs, so stuff like Dungeons and Dragons, um, but with as many elements randomly determined as possible. And then we as the players and the uh, GM have, have to sort of uh, carve a, a story with our bare hands out of this heaping pile of... Uh, um, hydrogenous goop um and it ends up being very fun and actually every story we've ended up doing has actually come together in the end and it's quite fun to see it do that in the end so you can start every time we play a new game we start the story over so you don't have to start from it's like the first game we played was D. if you really like D, you can listen to our first season uh but we've also played monster of the week which is like inspired by uh stuff like x files and supernatural and stuff um so we did a short uh run of that and then currently we're doing a longer run of um the 1980s marvel superhero rpg put out by tsr you can hear me play uh as the red mind who uh, is the ussr's answer to superman nice also uh very random encounters yeah um also this week we were joined by my four-month-old who i think um doesn't he doesn't have a twitter to plug or he's not on any other podcast yet yet um he actually was on an episode of we are so i guess he could he could potentially plug that if he wanted to yeah i just i just wanted him to be mentioned as well it's good it's good got Got it it. Memorized. memorized we were together